Welcome to the Lindsay Hadley Podcast Show. I'm coming to you from the North Shore of Oahu, where weekly I interview some of the world's most inspiring people from business, philanthropy, and entertainment. I love collecting humans, and these are some of my favorites I've found along the way. This podcast is brought to us by Capita Financial Network. Do you need help with the next steps of your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, state attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call or schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058 or visit their website at capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. Hi, and welcome to the Lindsay Hatley Show. I'm so excited about today's podcast because on it are two of my very best friends, Mike and Brittany Littledyke. You guys, Mike is the incredible powerhouse founder behind Cafeta that we often talk about that only spo- not only sponsored the podcast, but a lot of it, our ethos and why we try to show high caliber and high character people is because of who Mike and Brittany are. So this is really fun to have them on. And for those of you who've heard a little bit about my story on the podcast that you've been listening, I grew up in a tiny little small town just outside of Park City. Some of you know is uh, Camas. I'm in the I was from the Woodland area specifically, but Camas is really we called it K Town affectionately. And Mike and I grew up there, and so I've known him since we were like seven years old, like first and second grade. I knew him, and his family are their hallmarks of the community. His dad owns the pizza place Summit Inn Pizza, and they lived right above it. And I remember every summer coming in there with all my girlfriends and Mike just would always wear like, you know, a wife beater with his show's muscles as you scooping ice cream. And he was a dreamboat and a best friend. And then he married the most beautiful, he married the most beautiful, amazing woman, Brittany, and they have three beautiful children. And so I thought it'd be so fun to have them on and have everybody get a chance to get to know Mike and Brittany and hear their story about building Capita and building their beautiful family and the good that they're doing in the world. And I, I genuinely can say they're two of my favorite people in the whole world. And as everybody, anyone who knows me knows I really fall in love with people. So that's a big compliment, I think. I think. <laughs> and we can say the same thing about you and Jeff. We love you guys. 100%. That's one way too kind. That was way too nice. You're so amazing, you guys. So let's start maybe by this. This will be so fun. Mike, why don't you start by sharing with our audience how and why Capita? How did you start this? What was your kind of your career journey? I know I can just say from watching you in college, like, you just had this Midas touch, like you were making money when everyone was like $7 an hour minimum wage or whatever, $5 or whatever it was back in the early 2000s. He just came in and just made it rain. It was always successful and generous and so gregarious. And I just remember being like, this is, this guy's magic. And then over time, it just became like an empire. And I know that that is by absolutely no short means because of who you partnered with in life in Brittany. So why don't you share us a little bit about all of that? That'd be so fun. Well, I, I think it's funny you bring up Camus because obviously my dad owned, owns and owned the pizza place there. And I, I was able to watch him firsthand, how he dealt with customers, how he built his his business there. And uh, probably the, the best attribute of my dad that I you know aspire for is just the way he treats people and the way he cares for people, the way he deals with his customers. And of course, you know that pizza place has been there for 35 years and it's got a great brand around it. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm proud of him for doing that. And I think I've always tried to think that way. So when I went on my mission, um, I, in fact, I went with some of your cousins, uh, to BYU Hawaii before my mission. And that's really where I kind of, I spent three months out at BYU Hawaii. I think we took like weightlifting outing activity, 
couple other classes, <laughs> but I left the credits there. And flirting with girls 2.0. Yeah. But I went out there and I had a great time. One of my mission came back and I went to UVU. And uh, that's where, you know, I, I had this aspiration to build something special, something big. I didn't know what it was going to be at the time. I just knew I liked people. I liked relationships. I loved the idea of, of convincing people towards a, a common goal. And so like Brittany was joking, I think I, I started at the buckle, which was basically minimum wage. They paid a commission as well. So I, you know, worked, worked up there, worked there for like six months or so. And then I got into phone sales. I got into, we sold real estate uh, marketing packages uh, to real estate agents. And we became, you know, we, we did very well there. And um, I started to make okay money as a college student. I was making, you know, decent money and I loved it of investing. I, I wanted to learn, you know, I was doing my day trading on, on my own computer. Um, I was investing in real estate deals. I was doing all sorts of things like that, where I learned very quickly what not to do. Um, we made a lot of mistakes on investing. And uh, really that was kind of the, the, the precursor for Capita is the idea of building something for myself where um, we could provide a platform to help people invest and do the general wealth management. But I started just in life insurance and annuity sales uh, through college. Brittany and I got married in 2006, and uh, that was you know well before the, the, the big recession. And so things were going okay there. But um, I remember doing a couple of really bad investments where um, we even needed to pay some money back to some individuals. And I, I did that on like an American Express credit card check back in the day. And so literally we got married. I could, I sold Brittany on marrying me. We go on, a honeymoon. we came back and I was like, Oh, by the way, we're broke. Uh, because $80,000 in credit card debt. <laughs> had no idea. And like percent like oh, oh. interest. And so, and I didn't, I, I didn't involve her in that decision. I just felt like, cause that investment with that real estate deal went bad. So I wanted to pay everybody back. And so I, I wrote those checks and then that was really the, motivation behind figuring out how to build capita. And so I literally one night at like 1am, I wrote down the business plan of how I wanted to be a one-stop shop for financial advising. And of course I was focusing more at the time on life insurance and annuities and things like that. Um, but that's really wh where, where capita started was out of necessity of me just needing to provide for my family and, and build something special. And, you know, I had all the opportunities to do summer sales. I think th that was something I was, I almost did a couple times because that was enticing. I had friends going out making a quarter million dollars in the summer. And I thought, well, I could go do that and make some quick money. But, um, I decided to, instead to kind of focus on trying to build some sort of an enterprise value, something that I could, you know, uh, grow really big beyond just doing summer sales. That's such an incredible story. I've never heard that story about Brittany comes back and finds out, oh, we're broke. How did you feel when you found that out? Like, what should I the... sell my wedding ring? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I You were really I chill, though. I didn't know for a while. He never really said anything. Mike just kind of like put his head down and just went to work. So, it's wow. Fun. And you didn't feel, you didn't feel um, anxious. You just, you, I feel like you've always really trusted his ability to provide. Like you knew and you believed That's in him. That's say like, that because we were actually just talking about it the other day. And in the beginning... He's the optimist. I'm the realist. <laughs> realist, optimist. So he would be like, yeah, we're going to do this and this and this. And I'd be like, well, probably let's, let's play it safe. Let's play it cool. Let's not do this. And so I think it was, I, pull, I pulled him back from quite a few things for sure. But there was one specific time 
that he had found a lot up in Victory. Victory Ranch is like a super nice, well, a really nice um, golf course up near Park City. And was that during the recession time? So the lots were... Yeah. Yeah, I think it was during when the crash all came. And so he, might, he was like, we have a great opportunity to buy this lot. And, you know, it'll be a good investment. And I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, right. Like, no one's going to buy this right now. I'm like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. Like, no, you're not doing it. And bless Mike's heart. He was like, okay, got to like happy wife, happy life. So he didn't do it. <laughs> and I think like with any... It was like months later. Okay, whatever. <laughs> a few months later, he could have made a lot of money on that. So I, I think it was at that point, which you have to give me credit. I couldn't, like, I didn't, I didn't really know you when we first got married. <laughs> you had to build this track record of trust. And I, I mean, it was, what you were doing was so non-conventional, I think, to kind of what both of our upbringings were. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, go to school, get your degree, enter into the workforce, yeah. right? It was like, Mike's like, yeah, I'm not going to finish college, which he did. But um, I am not going to work for someone. I'm going to do my own thing. So I was always just like, oh, let's play it safe. Let's play it cool. And yeah, after that, then I kind of just turned it over to him. I was like, okay, your credit score with me is probably going to be okay. You haven't, you haven't run us into the ground yet. I think I need to just let you do what you do best. Cool. Yeah. That's quiet. amazing. Britt, did you, I mean, it's funny you bring it up. You're like, I didn't really know you. I mean, we come from a culture where people get married really young and really quickly, and it's a big part of, you know, our our background. Um, but, you know, you guys feel so, to me, you feel like so evenly yoked. Like, I know that every marriage has its ups and downs, and this maybe is a good segue for Mike. I am, I cheat, I'm cheating because I know you guys well in this podcast to share a little bit, but, you know, um, I feel like you guys are a perfect couple, but because I see both of you are so complimentary and I can't imagine Mike without Brittany and Brittany without Mike. But having said that, some of our greatest strengths, like I know my marriage and I think anyone who's married would probably say this, some of our great strengths as a, as a couple is also our downfall, right? Every, every side of a coin has another side. And Mike was, is such like an incredibly um, ferocious, hardworking entrepreneur. I mean, he is just like so fixated and so committed and some might even say like a workaholic. So could you share with us a little bit of that story of building? Like you're, you built this dynasty, you know, now over a billion dollars under management um, at Capita and taking them to your ranch and on trips all over and doing all this, you're doing philanthropy, you have these three kids, which I can't wait to talk about, but how how do you feel? Uh, what was the ride for through with your marriage and and building Capita? Yeah, so the idea behind I think building Capita was through college. I was able to um, make okay money, but also make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes uh, with, with my personal wealth as I invested, um, and you know go through experiences like Brittany mentioned, where you know there's a lot of deals to be had in you know between two thousand five and 2008, there's a lot of money being made. And uh, I learned what to do and what not to do. And uh, I think the, the what, if you were to say, well, like the, the most pivotal moments of my career were those pivoting moments where I could pivot quickly, I could make a mistake and move on and, and work and not let that bring me down. And um, that's kind of the idea behind Capita is I wanted to have that one-stop shop where we could basically bring people in and help them holistically, not necessarily sell them a specific product, but be able to help them with advice. And so I always wanted that. And I literally drew it at like one o'clock in the morning, one night, um, my, my business plan of what I wanted Capita to be, 
even though at the time I was only selling life insurance and annuities and things like that, I, I wanted to build that model out. And it took a little bit of, of time to do that, but um, we basically started in 2008. And um, from the, you know, 15 years later, like, like you mentioned, we're, we've got, you know, 40 employees. We've got, we're able to, to bring rock stars like you into the firm. And uh, we have thousands of clients and it's been a really fun journey. But I think when you, when you talk about like, how did, how did we build it? It was through, um, through basically making, um, you know, going forward with an idea and being okay with failure as you, as you went. And ultimately the small failures are fine as long as you don't let them bring you down and you can learn from those. And so that's really like the, the, the impetus of capital. That's, well, that's the epitome of, that's the epitome of Mike. Like nothing keeps him down. He can quickly just pivot, turn the page, move on, move forward. Like that's, probably like one of the biggest descriptors of who you are. We butted heads a lot and it took a little bit of time to fi- to figure out how we wanted to work together. And, and of course, I was very clear on what I wanted to do with my career. As far as once I started Capit, I knew what I what I wanted to do there and I saw a very clear path. But um, I think some of my mistakes were maybe not involving Brittany as much in the early days. And I was just... I was- grind and go forward and be gone for 16 hours a day. And she's like, what are you even doing? We're not, we're not making money. What's going on? Why are you spending money on other people when we don't even have money? Yeah. It's actually a really good story. Like one of our early investments, I remember I made like 20 or $30,000 on this deal. And I was so excited. So I came home and I told Brittany, I'm like, Hey, we've got $30,000 in the bank. I'm so excited. She's like, fantastic. And I'm like, Oh, and by the way, I just spent that on a website. <laughs> so I, we literally, like, we, we had that conflict internally with our marriage because I, I probably wouldn't involve, I didn't involve her as much as I should have, but I had a very clear path on what I wanted to accomplish with Capita. And so I do remember I, we wrote that huge check just to, like, set up the website back in 2008 or nine. And you were so good at taking risks where I was more like, oh, let's be a little safer calculated mm-hmm. where you were like, yeah, let's go all in. If we're going to fail, let's fail now. We don't have a lot of loot, lot to lose. So mm-hmm. isn't that, I, I like, I know, again, having a front row seat to your guys' relationship for years and years, that's the compliment though. It was that tension that works, right? Because the personality of Mike's needs someone to be like, hey, hey, hey what questions and, and deliberate and let's talk. But then he also needs someone to support him. And I think you've done that so beautifully, Brittany. And how have you handled Brittany, um, you know, the amount that Mike has worked and how has that played out in your marriage and family? Because, you know, I think most people that are really high achievers. You know the real answer? <laughs> Do you want like a descriptive? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh boy. It, it was, was a real answer. It was tough. Many times, many, many times I was thinking, you know, once again, your strengths often can become your downfalls, be your downfalls. And so it's like, I married him because he was so driven. He was so hardworking, all these things. And five years in, I'm like, maybe I don't want this. Maybe this isn't what I want. Maybe I want, you know, someone to work part-time. I don't know. Um, and how, how did it really shift? I don't know. I think Actually, it's still shifting. It's, it's a daily shift. There's not been one experience that's like it's it's. It was well, and my shift, and my but... excuse would be like, well, a lot of folks will go become a doctor and go through ed- yeah, education and that. residency. You and... weren't saving lives, though. So. <laughs> he is now. All the slides for you guys are doing is helping so many people. But truly, like Britt, like you know, that, do you think that the key was communicating? And Mike, I know that you you've talked a lot about this shift of 
I do have to have a balance. My family is the, my foundation. And you've, you've really come in the last years to really, I think, grasp at and understand. I need to create situations and environments where it's, I put them first. Maybe you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen a lot of uh, friends, like really, really good friends who have built successful businesses and they have left their family behind, if that makes sense, where they focus so much on the business and they thought they were supporting their family. So that was okay to maybe neglect certain aspects of their family life. And I kind of, I had this aha moment where I was, I thought that, that could be me and I could, I could be building this empire uh, for what, for nothing, you know, if, if, if I don't have my family life balance figured out. So I, you know, I, I kind of struggle, I still struggle with that knowing what drives me inside is building um, and finding success, like through a company like Capita. But I also, um, you know, I want to have that family balance. And of course, obviously I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm working on it. So much better. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's better. Mm -hmm. Brittany, so you have three beautiful children um, who I adore and Millie, who is your oldest daughter, who um, I actually was like, I, so I got your baby invitation. It was Millie Jane, yeah, Millie Jane and Millie Jane Carr. And I died because if I ever had a girl, which I didn't, I had three boys. I was like, yeah, I would name her Millie Jane because Millie was my, yeah, well, this is such a fun story because my husband's grandmother's name is Amelia and and his sister's middle name is Jane that we love and so I literally told him I was like we have a girl this and then you named her and I never had a girl and so she's like I do I feel like a special connection to your sweet little girl and she's the most incredible singer um and amazingly talented dynamic human being and I'm just like I wish there were arranged marriages because I have two boys but at the end of the day like yeah then you have little Graham who's brilliant and so fun and so talented and then what what happened next tell us the story about Rudy because that is such a big part of your guys's family uh we struggled after Graham to have another baby we we um lost five babies and I just felt like there was another kid I knew for sure there was another, another member of our family and um we had like miscarriages and stillborns. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we struggled for sure. And I, we couldn't figure it out. So we basically decided to do IVF fertility treatments to test the genetics of the baby because the doctors kept saying everything was fine with me. Um, they, they didn't know why we kept losing these babies. So all along that time, going through a stillborn and burying a baby and all these losses, I mean, it was definitely took a toll, but you have positive Mike who's like, it's okay next time, you know, just like positive. But I think towards after we lost our last, you know, he, he just was like, Hey, we're done like this. We're, we're done. Um, which was tough on our marriage because I felt like I, I knew there was another baby. And, um, so we ended up doing IVF to test the genetics of the embryos to see, okay, maybe that could be our issue. Um, so we did that and we got five perfect healthy embryos. Um, we put in two, I ended up carrying one of those babies, um, to about 20 weeks and we lost that baby. And so then at that point we're like, all right, well, what, what, what's our other option? What is our last and final option? It was to have someone else carry a baby for us via surrogate, um, of one of our embryos. And Mike was absolutely not on board. Um, and I want to apologize for doing it behind your back a little bit, but we got Rudy, so it all worked out. But basically, I just, I, I truly believe God put um, our surrogate Nikki in our lives 100%. Literally just kind of plopped her in, and I made Mike meet her, and he 
not begrudgingly. I don't know. He he just was like, dang it, well, this he, is her. Like, this is the yeah, girl that's supposed we to went carry to, your we child. We went to dinner because she had already kind of talked to him about it. And she basically pitched me on it more or less with like a PowerPoint saying, here's all the reasons why we should do this. It was my first sales gig. And I and I remember done all this legwork be, you know, behind the scenes. And, and this the, there's this surrogate out there that wants to wants to carry our baby i'm like i feel like that I don't, to me it just like caught me off guard for sure but we decided because she's she's married um has her own kids as well so like let's go to dinner with these guys and let's go let's go meet them and then after that dinner that's when on the car ride home i was like Ugh. it was it was literally like meant no so um yeah she sold me on it she's good. amazing um so she carried we chose you know, we had three embryos left. We had a boy and two girls. Um, I wanted Mike's, I wanted Mike's skin in the game a little bit. So I told him he had to choose which, which baby he chose a hunting buddy. Um, and we, everything went well, everything took, um, it was the most amazing journey I think I've ever been on. Could talk for hours and hours, but, um, we, she went into labor on my birthday when we were in Moab three and a half weeks early. And luckily this is all during COVID and we were anticipating not being able to be in the room while he was born. And last minute we were able to both be in there with her and Rudy was born uh, perfectly healthy, came right out. And my first glance at him, because I was there obviously helping her deliver. And I, my first glance at him was he looks something looks wrong. Something, something's off. And I'm like, Oh, Brittany, you're just being paranoid. Like he's perfect. Remember everything. He was a genetic tested, perfect embryo. He's fine. And, um, they put him on me immediately. Mike was there. We spent a good 15, 20 minutes with him and they wanted to check him. Um, I think his oxygen or something. They wanted to check him. So they said, come with us to the nursery. We're going to go check him, took him into the nursery. And as we're walking in there, I'm looking at Mike and I said, something's not right. Something, you know, and poor Mike. I mean, I had a lot of trauma. We had, you know, had a lot of losses and the doctor just turned and looked at me and he's examining Rudy. And I looked at him and I said, he has Down syndrome, doesn't he? And the doctor kind of looks and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, he has Down syndrome, doesn't he? Just tell me like he has Down syndrome. And Mike's like, what? And um, the doctor said, we suspect, yeah, we, we do suspect. And I lost it in that moment. That was like the last thing we would have ever anticipated or guessed. Um, cause even when the doctor said that he said he, is, he has downs, I'm like, no, he doesn't. We, we solved for that. We did the genetic testing. And it's funny cause he's like, well, you're a financial advisor. I'm sure you know better than I do, but you know, he's like, he's been wrong before, but he's got downs, you know? So I, I was it, almost arguing with the doctor. Um, it was interesting because I'm like, it's not possible. But I knew, I knew, I knew the minute he came out, like I knew it, uh -huh. but I was trying to use my logic to like backtrack and be like, no, this is not even possible, which anything's possible, obviously. I mean, Rudy's here. And that was a, that was a big pivotal moment um, for me and for Mike, uh -huh. um, because it was like, we had to mourn the loss of what we were anticipating. And but I will tell you, and Lindsay, I don't need it. I mean, I can tell our, the people that are listening, but Lindsay knows he is truly, there are, there are no words to explain this child and what he's done for us. And not only us, is we feel really strongly that he's here for everybody else. Like he's not here for us. So, oh, I know. 
he is he is literally not just a walking miracle but he is like the embodiment totally. of perfect love he's like this little care care bear stare like everybody who's around he him is. yeah it's like it's like just oxytocin and norepinephrine and dopamine just shooting out of this baby because everybody feels so enlightened and spiritually edified and, and and joyful around him he is such a gift so true it's just interesting because someone like me who's a control freak who likes to try and you know take control it's interesting how that that all happened and, and i had to kind of say well it was meant to be but i tried to avoid something like that to have any mm -hmm. genetic disorder by you know writing that check to john hopkins and saying this embryo is going to be perfect yeah. and yet i wouldn't take that back for anything like to have rudy in our lives i didn't know what i needed and so i think that's a good lesson to be learned that sometimes we as humans we try to avoid discomfort and we try and make our lives as comfortable as possible we like to control but when when you look back and look at the things that defined you um they're usually things that were hard right they're the, they were the that, that you would have normally tried to avoid, but because it was forced on you, you look back and that's a huge blessing. And that's Rudy. And, and we just, every time we see him, it's just, we just took a family. Um, we did a photo shoot with our, uh, with our family like last week and we had 170 photos and, and every one of them, he's smiling. Oh like, my all gosh. of them. Like he's like perfect in every single one of them, you know? So he's the yummiest you guys the it, there's a theme here in this conversation and a theme about your guys's lives is that like these difficult things these failures whether it's a failed investment that goes on credit cards to tension in the marriage around workaholism or you know difference of thinking and you know being more conservative and realistic and being so optimistic and driven or whether it's having this tragedy of having a child not be born with perfect health when everything you did and paid for in science should have told us otherwise and yet all of those things led to these great, incredible blessings. Like I look at your marriage and I think it's one of the beautiful love stories to me, because even though you've had that tension, the fact that you guys have chosen each other and you keep making it work and you adore each other so much, like there's so much love because you've had the opposition. Do you know what I mean? If it was just like, oh yeah, no, I mean, we never fight. We've never had a thing like, yeah, we're just, it's like, it's like, that's, that's not a story. Yeah. That's not a real story. It's nothing to contend with. And like, we have to have people and things in life to contend with to make us who we are. So I love this theme. So as you guys are looking forward to, you know, the rest of your lives together and what you've built, and now you've got this incredible business that is blessing people's lives. I mean, one of the things that are my favorite parts of Capita, besides, um, first of all, the culture, which I would love to talk about a little bit, um, and the people, which is a huge testament because leadership, uh, you know, whoever's at the head of an organization, that is the trickle down for culture and you two are at the head. And, but I think um, one of my favorite things is how we're helping people with their finances that the financial industry usually ignores, whether it's women, which we're working on this whole amazing initiative, which we, we should mention, but also um, just that, you know, that sweet spot of, of clients. Maybe Mike, you can talk a little bit about how Capita is different than the average financial advisory firm. Well, I think if you were to back up to our earlier story about my my investing journey of of investing our own money and figuring out what worked and what didn't work, you know, we were lucky to when we started to make good money. It was two thousand eight nine, right? So at that point, everything was on sale, but we were able to invest in a lot of great things, a lot of great companies, a lot of great real estate deals, and so we had the money to then approach the approach building capita is slightly different than your average um, company set up. So we were able to invest in people and we were able to invest in what, what I thought was the best approach, which, which was the fiduciary way of, of giving advice where it's you're literally our clients 
pay us for advice, not specifically for a product to be jammed down their throats or anything like that. And the problem with most people is when they go meet with different financial advisory firms, usually there's an agenda. And of course, we have an agenda. Our selfish agenda is to simply win the clients over and build that relationship with them. But beyond that, as long as they're with us, we'll be taken care of financially because we just make our flat fee and and, and move forward that way. But we're not incentivized to specifically push them into one, one product or the other. And so I, I really like that we've been able to do that. We've brought, as you know, some amazing financial advisors um, and support staff from other large firms where they can use those skills that they learn from those firms and come work for us in an independent fashion and be able to simply give these clients advice. And so that's in the, that's pretty tough to find a boutique firm like ours where you can where you can um, get that type of advice and that level of talent. As you know, the the depth of our bench uh, at Capita is pretty deep. So we have amazing planners who just simply care about their clients and want to do what's best for them. I love that, Mike. So you, we didn't incentivize in sales, we incentivized in the customer satisfaction and retention and and their success, which is just so much more aligned. But also one of the things I absolutely was floored by as I was new to the financial industry is six months ago when I joined Capita, I'm like Googling assets under management. What does this mean? What is an RIA? Like so embarrassing, but I came to the world of philanthropy for the last 15 years. And one of the things I learned is that it's not typical for um, for financial advisors to have a capped book. Like we actually have only on average 220 clients per advisor. These advisors were, came from places um, like Fidelity and Morgan Stanley, where they had 900 clients. And you can't have a relationship with that many people, not in the depths that you could at, at this smaller n- number. So you've just been more generous in how you compensate your advisors than the average big shop. And you've made it more about the relationship. So it's so much more white glove. It's so much more relational. I remember being treated so well because I, I, I've been a client for a long time. But I remember thinking, I have $2 and I have life insurance with you guys. And like, I'm nobody... But I'm getting the family treatment because I'm Mike and Brady's girl, you know, so like, okay, this is why I'm getting the red carpet. And I found out later, no, that's just how we treat everybody at Capita, which is such, to my delight, such a joy to introduce people. So, um, Brittany, as from the outside looking in, is there, have you, have you, what do you think the secret sauce besides, you know, Mike's Kuma in terms of co- collecting and retaining the best people? Because we all know between Zach and Cassie and the leadership, I mean, Tyler, I mean, these guys are just world class. I mean, you can't find better leadership. What do you think? The what do you think the kind of the um, winning formula was? Truly, I I've yet to meet someone that, that Mike doesn't that doesn't like Mike that knows him, obviously. But um, my, yeah, people don't. Mike doesn't burn a bridge, and it's not. Uh, it's not like a, it's not like a selfish motive. It's just like genuine. It's like deep of in who he is. Uh, he just doesn't, doesn't burn a bridge no matter what. And I'm so grateful for that because I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a yellow and a red, like we talked about. So I maybe have been known to react <laughs> in unacceptable <laughs> ways, undisclosed. No, I just, I, that's just something that he, that's like who he is. And Lynn's like, same thing. You've known him for so long by people eat and life happens. Things go unplanned. Things go differently, like than how it's business, especially. And it's not to say that there haven't been not fallouts, but things that haven't turned out the way that you have you know, planned and people still respect you and like you. So, and I like with, so with his company, I think, like you said, it's a trickle down effect and you know, that's, 
that's a super admirable characteristic to have as a human being, but then to build a business and to affect an impact, not only just the staff and the culture, but um, all the people that you interact with, whether clients or non-clients, it's just like who he is. Yeah, there's such an unassuming nature in Mike. Like he has confidence that real self-esteem warrants. Like he really believes in himself and he believes that things will work out and that positive aperture is so infectious but really like there's a deep humility like there's a he just isn't he isn't self-absorbed and i think people know that and so they feel really they feel really safe around him and i think it's very inspiring because he's somebody who like with all of the attributes and talents and rap sheet and accomplishments you know he you would understand if he bought into the invitation (laughs) that he's better than the rest of us because you're like well you kind of are you kind of that's a fair assumption no but he doesn't he doesn't have that and it's really um it's just a tender thing. But Brittany, I have to say, like, I've told Mike this and kind of hurt his feelings, but I was like, if you guys ever got divorced, I would pick Brittany, even though we've been treads forever. Because Brittany is no. the fan favorite. Like, she's the fan favorite. Like, no, everyone knows she's the life of the party, the most authentic, real, dynamic, so unbelievably fun. And I just adore you. But also, I've, I've said this about Brittany, but the empathy that she displays, her ability to connect with people goes so deep and just be like, I am for you. I am with you. I'm in this. Like, I've never, I've never seen this kind of empathy from somebody. And I just, and I choose empaths. I like go around because I'm like, I, I need to feel loved. And Brittany just is like this little. I'm so grateful for you. I mean, just at being our friend, but now in this capacity of our Capita family, it's been so fun. Cause it's like, you usually interact most with people that you're, you work with. So probably selfishly, we, we brought you on. Yeah. Selfishly. I need to be around you because that's how, what you have been for us as a family and, and then now in the work more of the workforce well, and, aspect. And, and I would say that's what I've learned from both of you. Um, it's this fact that like, for me, I'm all about relationship. <laughs> I'm all about relationships, but I think like Brittany is so good at taking those relationships and going really deep with them and through empathy and through understanding. For me, I have a hard time even focusing half the time when I'm talking to someone, cause I'm thinking about all the other things I could be that's doing. That's why she's the perfect combo. Yeah. She's like the empath. Uh-huh. and goes deep she's super smart in business yeah. so Lindsay's like <laughs> this is a fun love as well it's fun for our listeners to like get to know the people behind capita and understand like what makes us tick and what we do and as you guys are looking forward you know to everything that you've got on the horizon how are you guys feeling like what are what are the dreams and ambitions what do you see happening next i mean mike you're always got something what's up next and i have to say one go before you're might only shorter experiences. What I was thinking, something that Mike didn't mention, just of like who we are as as a couple, a family, but then you trickle that over again is experiences. You know, once you have done X, Y, and Z in life and kind of, you know, you have these box that I think everyone checks, you do this, you do this. And once you've kind of reached upwards of those goals, I guess you, if you will, it's like, what's life all about? And I think for sure it's experiences so experiences with amazing people and now clients like that's something huge you guys do Mm -hmm. is give experiences and make those memories with people that matter and creating those also for others yeah that was mine and you are the best at that mike the best and we're doing that right now with 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 women and Brittany too you guys are the best host the most fun to be with i think um what's cool is when when I first talked to Mike about coming on a capital, he's like, this is perfect because I spend so much of my time with doing things that involve a lot of men. Maybe you can share a little bit about 
how you and Cassie saw this going and how it's working so well. We're having such a fun time, but maybe share a little about that idea of what we're trying to do. Well, obviously in our, in our world, it's all about relationships. Um, people like to work with who they enjoy being with. So for us, a uh, really fun part of Capita is getting successful people together and getting business owners together and being able to share ideas without like having it be a formal mastermind. It's the idea of just going fishing together or going golfing or and being able to talk about not only business, but real life experience. How's your marriage going? What do you do with your kids? Um, a big conversation that we have with a lot of our friends is, you know, how do we make sure we don't spoil our kids? What, how, how are you, how do you deal with them when it comes to money and things like that? So I think it's, it's having those deep conversations. Um, we try and build events around that. So for me, it's, you know, going spearfishing or going to our ranch in Texas or going, um, cat skiing or something like that. Those things are natural with me with a bunch of guys, but um, we were kind of leaving the women out. And that's where you came in is you and Cassie are, are able to build that same model around a lot of these successful women. Um, a lot of the, these these people that we weren't able to like involve in my fishing trips, for example. Yeah, it's really cool because basically, you know, there's a speed of trust that happens um, when you're having experiences that that you're describing, Brittany. And a lot of deals, any any successful entrepreneur knows, a lot of deals are done side by side at a basketball course for guys or on the golf course or whatever. Like the relationships get get a depth and a flavor of trust that that it couldn't get probably just being to totally transactional. You get to see who they are and you go, okay, I like them. I saw how they handled, you know. Uh, beating me at that sport or you know in the rain when it when we're when we're trying to get the the deer or whatever it is and but women don't women don't get a lot of that opportunity in business there just really isn't because a lot of times there is a faux pas or it's kind of inappropriate there's you know single women or married women married men and and these dynamics shift and so the idea what we're doing at capita of creating this good old girls club where we're taking the women on the jet. We do International Women's Day in LA, they had the four seasons and, you know, but we're also doing a lot of philanthropy and charity. I'm taking a group of Capita potential clients um, to Africa. We're going to go do humanitarian work, which you guys were able to come last year with us um, to, to engage in. And it's just fun because we're doing it more the way that women would want to, right? We're crying and having like women's retreats and doing breath work and bonding. And, you know, we're doing what women want to do, have amazing food and you know, go shopping. And it's just so cool that you're just pouring into people. And the big thing I hear from everyone after they come on one of our capita experiences or retreats with the women, they're like, are you guys for real? Like, I thought you were going to try to sell me a timeshare at the end. Like, uh, and we're like, look, we're unabashed. Like our, our agenda can be tattooed on forehead. We'd love to manage your money. We'll take care of you and we can quarterback that. But no, we just literally believe in the ecosystem and the network of connecting really high capacity, high character people, like the long-term accounting on that, just, we, we all win. And, and I think you've kind of found that you just have that thinking and, and you and Brittany, you guys are so radically generous with people around you. Um, do you think that part of that is because it is just fun or do you think it is, you just see it just from a strategic standpoint too? Like where, where does that all come from? Cause it's so smart. Always fun. Always yeah. fun. There, there's always a strategic. there's a need for it. I mean, people connection. They, people want that connection, and and you always talk about you know um, if you can be vulnerable and if you can talk about. Of course, everyone wants to talk about what 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 is working, but I think what people find the most value in is is saying, well, what didn't work? What did, what did you do when things didn't work? 
And I think, you know, even think about like the, some of the struggles we had in our marriage when it came to like having some of these babies like that, that was the deepest, darkest moment I've ever seen Brittany go through. And so for me to, to, to go through that with her, there was like a, a level of, you know, love that came from that, that I could, you couldn't have created any other way other than through that, that tough time. And so I think just things like that, I think having these real moments with our clients and even just as someone's going through retirement and they're 75 years old and they're, they're dealing with their, their issues. It's fun as an advisor to kind of be part of their family and to say, well, you know, here's how, here's the, the advice based on that information and to be able to be there for them. It's not something that, you know, a computer could do for them uh, as a robo advisor or something like that. There's a, there's an emotional side um, to financial planning as well. And so I think we've been thoughtful about building it that way, but it's also been fun. And a therapy side. I love it. So Brittany kind of just, uh, you know, we're kind of coming at the end of our um, interview here, but Brittany, when you um, kind of realize that you have a special needs child and I, you know, it's funny, like anytime I'm on social media, I see some adorable story of a Down syndrome adult doing amazing things in the world. I said it to Brittany because I get so inspired because I'm like, I can't imagine what, I can't imagine what cute little Rudy will become one day. Um, you know, and you guys are really lucky and privileged to have resources that a lot of families that end up in your situation don't have. What are your hopes for Rudy? And how do you see, you know, you guys being involved in that issue? I know you've talked a little about how much you care about that. You're exactly right. We feel oh, like overly grateful for the position that we're in and not only to be able to help facilitate Rudy, but to facilitate other others that may not have the chance, whether that may be special needs, whether that may be, you know, a population in Africa or an exploited women across the world, whatever, whatever um, group that may look like. That's something that, I mean, even when we first got married, I when I met Lindsay and realized, you know, the space that she was in, I mean, I think what, 12 years ago, I'm like, Hey, Lindsay, I want to, I want to be in on this, like the good stuff you're doing. I want to go do what you're doing. And it's now fun to circle back 15 years later and be like, okay, now we can really like get our boots dirty and kind of get in those different spaces. And you've opened up our eyes to all of that. Um, so I don't know. I've all, we've always talked about doing a family foundation and more probably in the last few years, it's been like, man, there are so many good people out there already doing so many good things. And um, let's just jump into things that like pull at our heartstrings. And obviously right now in our life, well, forever in our life, but Rudy's been huge. And what we see for him, I, I honestly, the biggest shift for us when we had him was uh, as parents, we felt like, okay, all we have to do is love Rudy. Like we, that, that's our number one job. We just have to love him. And so we kind of go on that path. And all of a sudden we both were like, wait, we're having struggles with Millie and Graham, our 11 and nine year old. And we're like, wait a second, why would we have, why would we parent them differently? All we have to do is love Rudy. Well, why don't we just try to love yeah. Millie and Graham? Aha. Like yeah, parenting, like <laughs> that was a huge shift for us. But like, you know, all we, all we have to do is love them. We, love build, them. we build these expectations totally. for Millie and Graham as to how we would expect them to already show up or what we, what we want wow. them to be like. And with Rudy, what he's taught us is that, like she said, we just have to, we just get to love him. And he's going to no be, control. he's going to be our little buddy. Like he's the, he's the more predictable of the three, right? We know, we kind of know generally where he's going to be at in our, in our lives. And it's also kind of fun because he's the glue, like Millie, Millie and Graham, the, the five of us together, like Rudy will be that glue um, where, uh, 
he's brought us closer together as a family. And he's brought people closer and mm-hmm. different people closer to us, people that we would have never had the experience to be yeah. connected with. So we just see him traveling with us and doing, having a good mm-hmm. time and doing doing all well, I think can people, people told us they said okay kids with down syndrome they need they need a schedule you've got to like build out this like like plan with for them and they their they structure they need their structure and I remember a year ago you invited us to come to Africa so we went to Africa with for a month and I, I told Brittany I, I said I don't I don't think like, we Rudy can't Brittany. do it Rudy can't we can't go with Rudy and of course Brittany being Brittany she's like nope we're taking him and that was a really enjoyable thing for our family but like she mentioned earlier it was probably more about the other people who were there in Africa that were able to, to be around Rudy totally. and uh, the, you know, the way that that culture deals with um, special needs is different than ours. And it was fun for, for us to kind of not show him off. Maybe that's the wrong word, but I loved that we're able to have him there with us and he helped him see a different perspective. Yeah. He brightened a lot of lives. People, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I was just going to say you nailed it because in a lot of other cultures, there is kind of shame with, you know, differently abled individuals and they try to like, you know, and, and because of the poverty they live in and, and, and the zeitgeist of their community and all these things, it, it plays out different, but you here he was the most cherished character in our whole group and he lights up every room and that is powerful to people to change their paradigm. I loved that. He really was. He was like medicine for everybody always is. And I just love what you're saying. And what you said, Brittany and Mike was so profound to me just then. Like I got chills as a mom. I'm like, man, these expectations we put, not just on our children, but people in the world. What if we could just see everybody is doing the best they could at their capacity, the way we would at a special needs child. Just what love. if we could just love? That's the answer. Just so unconditionally. To everything. Amen. Yeah, I just, We're done. just love. So good. Amazing, you guys. This is such a good way to end on that note. But um, thank you guys for coming on the show and for being such dear closest friends to Jeff and I and you guys in our alliance and for being the fearless leaders behind this incredible organization and company. Thanks again. We love you Thanks, Thanks Lynn. We're grateful for you. Thanks for joining our team. Do you need help with the next steps for your financial plan? Think Capita. Capita is a financial network built around you. They have a team of financial advisors, CPAs, estate attorneys, Medicare providers, and social security experts to help you accomplish your financial goals. Call to schedule a complimentary consultation at 801-566-5058 or visit their website at www.capitafinancialnetwork.com. You can also check out their financial education podcast, The Financial Call, available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube.